Hello and welcome to This Week Back of the Day. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Steve Staunton's first game in charge of the Republic of Ireland, which is on the 1st of March, 2006. I'm David, your host, and joined as always by Martin. Martin, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you, Dave. I'm keen to cover this one. It's been a long time in the planning. Yes, it has. This one is going to cause a lot of problems. Uh, I think when they hear the full nature of this one, Martin, we've done a lot of homework. We've done our homework, as Eamon Dunphy would say, and we've gone through this. We've watched the game, literally have just watched the game today, and we're going to go through the hyperbolic, in my opinion anyway, the hyperbolic nonsense that came about Steve Staunton's first game in charge, or Stan's first game. Do you know, actually, when I put this on the Facebook page, when he was announced, the Ireland manager, that somebody had a go at me, Martin, for calling him Stan. Right. That's how most <laughs> Irish fans would know him. Exactly. And then he was then <laughs> he went from Stan to Stephen Staunton as the wheels fell off, if you remember, they insisted on him being called Stephen Staunton. Stan was made Ireland manager on the 13th of January 2006, just six days short of his 37th birthday. Uh, he's the second youngest Ireland manager behind Johnny Giles. Bobby Robson was put as his mentor, I suppose, and his official title was International Technical Consultant. Uh, but of course, Stan would be. I'm the gaffer. And at the end of the day, whatever I say goes. The book stops with me, and I will use Bobby in whatever role I see fit. Yes, you will, uh, Stan. Also on his backroom staff is Kevin McDonald. Yes, that Kevin McDonald, <laughs> Gareth Farley's best mate, and he will be the first team coach. Had to get a deal with Aston Villa actually to get him in. Uh, also on board is the return of the wonderful McBurn, and of course the head of security. Tony Hickey, he returns. Uh, you're probably wondering, Dave, who's Tony Hickey? Well, he's the guy with the tash, the big bloke with the tash that you see on nearly every video of Mick McCarthy's reign. And he's always there. Uh, he was ousted by Brian Kerr. I don't know why. If anyone, by the way, listening to this knows why, please let us know. We love that bit of information. And, of course, the cherry on top is Robbie Keane at the age of 25 being made Republic of Ireland captain. Only announced the day before the game. Uh, with Shea given as vice captain as well. So a lot to unpack there, Martin. The good times are uh, back. Yeah, that was certainly the kind of case or what the, the FAI were trying to tell us because, um, you know, FAI chief executive at the time, John Delaney, said of Stan the Gaffer, he is highly respected, a natural motivator, and I am confident he will make an excellent manager. I mean, this appointment came out completely of left field. Nobody expected this. I think he was 33-1 to 1 with the bookies not even in the reckoning at one stage, but then when it did, I think, come into the bookies kind of market, that was the price and how he got the job. A lot of people were kind of very sceptical <laughs> and was this an inside deal and who knew and whatever it was. Um, and also John Delaney said of Bobby Robson, you know, that his knowledge, experience, advice will be a valuable asset to Stephen. Um, but as you just seen there in our, in, in the audio clip, Stan, you know, it, it was brilliant that for him getting the appointment appointment you know personally him you know yeah. probably a dream appointment for him getting the island job he, he was the uh, walsall defensive coach at the time yeah they exactly. had to actually strike a deal with walsall to, to get him released <laughs> get him released packet of crisps and, and a curly yeah. whirly probably but I, I don't blame stan for taking a job because he, no. he you know it's a dream job and, and they've come along and asked him for it and he had very very little managerial managerial experience yeah none 
at the same time, I think it's a bit disparaging even in the press conference there, the way he's kind of referring to Bobby Robson, who's like, you know, a good age. Wasn't in fantastic health, though. But I think this was brought in, um, you know, to, to come in and uh, as the experienced hand of the on the reins and, and offer advice. But Stan's not the most... And appreciative of that is, is probably the word I'm looking for. Well, he probably is. He, he just, but obviously, he just can't enunciate it, can he? I mean, you can see there straight away, he's just not media trained in any way. As nice a guy as Steve Stoughton is, we've all met him. You know how Robson got involved? It was, it was actually Niall Quinn had contacted Bobby Robson and met him. Uh, he was asked by Steve Stoughton to con- to get in touch and met him in a hotel in Sunderland because. Niall Quinn was, uh, he was the chairman of Sunderland, wasn't he, at the time? Mm. Bobby from that part of the country, former Newcastle manager, probably thought he was retired. And I think Jack Charlton had a word as well. He was announced on Friday the 13th, by the way. And I think the following Tuesday, John Aldrich was supposed to have an interview. Your mate. And he never got back to him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not just him. We won't go into that because obviously we will cover this in much greater detail. But uh, yeah, and he was like, well, I was supposed to have an interview and sure nobody got in contact. Uh, I have to say, though, your mate, uh, Sir Alex, as you like to call him, uh, when your mouth isn't full, um, he is, he was, he was a big fan of disappointment. He thought it was going to be success. Any words on that, Martin, on your icon, your hero? Getting it wrong. I think, yeah. you know, it's very clear. Fergie's a good mate of Bobby Robson, so he would have been speaking highly of him when asked. Um, I think he's, you've got to remember the people in the squad as well. You know, John O'Shea is someone who's going to be, well, he's four years into his international career, really, with Ireland then, going to probably be a key player. So he's probably just kind of towing the party line here and being very positive about um, Stan. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um you know, some of the, the hyperbole, we will get into this. We have a ton of audio stuff here from Niall Quinn, who is a disgrace. We've shown live on Sky Sports, exclusively live on Sky Sports in Ireland. So he is the focal point. He is the mouthpiece for this. And he's really getting behind it. And we know why he's getting behind it, because he had his hand to play in it. But he wasn't the only one, Martin, was he? You know, the day of the game, there was an article by Mark Lawrenson in uh, the Irish Times. New man, new ideas, new hope. Although he did actually say at the time uh, he didn't understand the appointment. Uh, we still don't understand the appointment, Mark, to be fair. You know, I remember even Ronnie Whelan saying there was a buzz around town. Uh, Quinn said in match day commentary, you know, everyone's buzzing around the place. Were you buzzing, uh, Martin? Were you buzzing around Dublin? Were you over here for this game? I was over for the game, yeah, I do remember it. Um, and, and watching it back today, I mean, I think I am a very positive Irish fan. Incredibly but positive, yes. If you are listening to the commentary and the views of Niall Quinn on this, this takes it to a proper fanboy level, basically. And I know, you know, you're, you're when you're probably got close relationship with a player or former colleague in the team. Yeah. You're going to be positive and supportive of him. But I mean, this goes to a whole new level. It really does. It's, it's, it's outrageous. I I think it's like watching a legends match at times, (laughs) this game, because everything that Ireland do positively is referenced in kind of the past tense of, Oh, he's back to his best now. Or he's, (laughs) Oh, that's the player we wanted to see. Yeah, he wasn't like that for the last two years. And it's a real <laughs> kind of proper knockdown of the Brian Kerr tenure, uh, tenure in a sense. It's disgraceful. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Brian Kerr, right? But I think it's outrageous. This is outrageous. And you got to hear it. But uh, speaking of 
you know, the buzz around town um, and, you know, how everybody was elated, really, at Steve Staunton's appointment. So I'm just going to play the audio here of Stan's entrance to Lanson Road. And it actually almost blew my speakers. The pop he got was incredible. Let me just play for you here. This is the genuine audio from the Sky Sports uh, clip here. Steve Staunton enters the arena as manager. I just think that that's like a competition winner, isn't it? Coming out. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I think of when, you know, we've had legends come back to, to Lansdowne Road and kind of be welcomed onto the pitch and announced on. And, you know, they come out and they wave a, a hand to the fans and when everyone acknowledges their brilliant service and stuff. But that is just pitiful. And that's actually for our new manager. And, you know, Sky, obviously, it was like there was no announcement. And I don't think there was, to be fair to Stan. There wasn't like, well, please welcome Steve Staunton. No, there wasn't well. that. So there was no big kind of, you know, call for a massive cheers or anything like that. But I think that would have been nice and helpful probably to Stan if they had done that because he comes out to mute a proper, you know, muted, yeah. muted um, welcome. Uh, we've got more audio coming up as it goes. But let's let's have a chat. Let's go a little bit back now in the Wayback Machine and go to the 16th of February 2016. Uh, the Irish squad being announced. Have a, have a listen to this. Now, you obviously get comparisons. We're not going to go on a Stephen Kenny thing here, but you've got comparisons between Kenny and Staunton. Well, here's the squad that uh, Steve Staunton had at his disposal. So in goal, he's got Shay Gibbon in Newcastle, um, Paddy Kenny, Sheffield United. <laughs> More on him on a future episode. Wayne Henderson at Brighton. In defence, you've got Gary Breen at Sunderland under Mick. Uh, Ian Hart at Levante. Steve Finnan, European champion at Liverpool. Andy O'Brien at Portsmouth. Richard Dunn, Man City. John O'Shea, Man United. Steve McKelly, Spurs. In midfield, you have Lee Miller at Leeds. Uh, chemical ban at Everton, Stephen Lee Blackburn, Damien Duff, Chelsea, Premier League champion at the time, Graham Cavanagh and Wigan, Joey O'Brien at Bolton, Stephen Ireland at Man City, and Jonathan Douglas at Leeds. And up front, you had the newly appointed captain of Robbie Keane at Tottenham Hotspur. You had uh, Clinton Morrison at Palace, Kevin Dole at Reading, who had just signed from Cork, actually, the previous June. I think he had 15 goals at this stage uh, for Reading. Stephen Elliott at Sunderland, and he was uncle very well, actually, Joe Elliott. If you're listening, Joe, I'm sure he's not. And uh, Liam Lawrence at Sunderland under Mick McCarthy as well. Uh, that's the squad. It's a very young team there. Obviously, no Kenny Cunningham, no Roy Keane. They'd all retired under the previous manager who was going to get plenty of welly on this podcast. Not from us, by the way, uh, from Mr. Quinn. That's not a bad old squad now, is it? And obviously, there's no Andy Reid and there's a few other lads that are missing as well. Other quality players. Yeah, this is a very good squad, actually, if you look back now. And I know it's on these reflective kind of podcasts where we're looking backwards. You can always judge players, as I always say, on on how we know their career has turned out. But look, very experienced in a sense. You know, as I said, John O'Shea, four years into his kind of career. Robbie Keane is probably approaching his peak years. He's off the back of a World Cup a few years earlier, which he's done very well in. You know, Damien Duff's now at Chelsea, as you said, Premier League title winner. Very, very good squad. Nice mix of young players coming in and quite experimental in a sense, but there is a real solid spine to the team. And yeah. it's actually interesting how he sets up for the game, which I know we're going to cover, but it's a very exciting squad though overall. And it's I think a lot of people were looking forward to see how they were going to get on against Sweden, who, as we know, were heading off to the World Cup. So speaking of Sweden, we're going to get to the teams now. We'll, we'll, out of manners, we'll go with the uh, 
away team first. You've got Isaacson and goal, Oslan, Hansen, Melberg, Edmund, Helmonson, Linderoth, Elmalner, Karlstrom. Uh, and up front, you've got Ibrahimovic and Henrik Larsson, obviously of Barcelona, I believe, at that time, who would actually win the Champions League that year. And then you've got the Irish team in a 4 4 2 formation. There you go. And that's Shea Given and Goal, Joey O'Brien right back, Andy O'Brien centre back, uh, Richard Dunn centre back as well, Ian Hart left back, who didn't feature very much under Brian Kerr, Steve Nelly right midfield, interesting. Stephen Reed centre mid, John O'Shea centre mid, <laughs> uh, Damien Duff on the left wing, and Kevin Doyle and Robbie Keane. Kevin Doyle making his debut, by the way, and Robbie Keane, the new captain. Not a bad side. Obviously, Stephen Elliott, right midfield. I, I don't know about that. Or John O'Shea in midfield. It, it's not terrible, but it's not brilliant, is it, either, when you look at it, really? No, it's a very traditional kind of, you know, it, it it's the kind of team that a manager will come in when they're just you know when we're looking for a permanent manager basically yeah you know just to come in take on this squad please and put them out on the pitch no and, king special or a don't give them special yeah, a little bit like that yeah if you think about it and the setup of it four four two but you know that they all came on and done very well you know like even well. the substitutions are quite good in the in the match I think but you know a lot of these lads did go on and have good careers for Ireland. But yeah, it's a bit of a strange setup. Like you know, I think even Narquin alludes to it in the in the start of the match about how brave it is that he put Stephen Elliott, a, a, a striker, basically on the right of midfield. It shows how attacking we're going to be and things like that, and such a change that is to the again knocking Brian Kerr to the previous tenure. And I think in in looking at Stan's first game, it's important to remember. I I think they overplay massively how bad uh, it kind of was perceived to be under Brian Kerr. So, as we all know, I mean, spoiler alert, Ireland went 3-0. We had goals from Damien Duff in the 36th minute. It was his first goal for two years. Uh, Duff was in full flow. That'll make sense as the show goes on. Uh, Robbie Keane on the 48th minute and Lee Miller with a smasher on the 71st minute. Now, we got to, don't worry, we have the audio of all of those goals, but sh- <laughs> shameless, I have my notes, shameless Quinn commentary. Um, I'm going to play the first bit. So, I have... Gone through Martin for your for your convenience, for your entertainment, and for you listening at home. I have gone through and handpicked all of Quinn's best bits on the commentary. Sky Sports. RT didn't show it. TV3 showed highlights, I think. I was at it. I was working Paddy Powers. But let's have a listen to the first bit here. This is gas. Tonight, Steve Staunton, like everybody else, has come here and the 44,000 sellout crowd wants this team to go away and there'll be hope in the air. Young players coming through, older players get back on track. That's what he's looking for tonight. Wonderful to see Damien Duff from free flow. As, as I said at the start of the game, he's a little bit of ground to make up, I feel. We're so used to seeing him do that over the years. The last few games didn't quite happen for him. And here he is tonight, in full flow. Literally scaring the living daylights out of Osland. Full flow, scaring the living daylights. Been missing for the last two years, Mark. What could he possibly mean? Yeah, I mean, it's just Nile Quinn getting really, really carried away already. And and like I said earlier, he, he anyone any good bit of play we have, he really goes over the top. I um, I thought it was watching Brazil. Actually, <laughs> I I had to you know the commentary. I was out of the room for a second. Oh my god, like. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's the most over-the-top reaction to an Ireland performance you'll ever see in a it's, commentary. 
yeah, it's it's not that good of a performance. It is scoreline flattery. Um, I'll tell you what, let's... Before, actually, I'm going to play the audio to go. So before Arna went 1-0 up, this is what a lot of people don't realise, is that Zlatan Ibrahimovic, right, and Larson were absolutely tearing us apart at this stage. And they were. They were linking up very nicely. Now, the Irish were doing a lot of running. They were going at them. But from what I saw, Martin, and I don't want to seem unfair, but... I mean, you know, it just seemed very scrappy from Ireland, didn't it? It was a lot. It was like watching rugby league with the pitch to match. To be honest with you, it was just hitting it up. You know, it was it was like a lot of players. It was like they were operating from muscle memory. Do you know what I mean? Like Duff is going to run down the left wing because he's a left winger. He's going to do these things. It, I didn't see anything. You know, I didn't see interplay. I didn't see anything that I would see on a on a. On a on a training picture, that makes sense. It just seemed a lot of players kind of just doing what they would do from memory at other clubs. It just seemed very disorganised. Yeah, it was very much like blood and thunder, basically. It was like yeah. big physical challenges, nothing really fantastically tactical or technical. No. It was just really getting stuck in. And that was the kind of... But yeah. that, was, that went down a storm with some of the commentary team. Oh, well, <laughs> Niall quit, you know, Barcelona here. But, I mean... Yeah, there was one where, oh my God, uh, Ibrahimovic pulls off a lovely flick over Andy O'Brien's head. He makes a total shite of him, Link, flicks it over his head, and Larson volleys the first time. And it's not that far. That's on the 24th minute. However, five minutes later, uh, Ibrahimovic injures his knee on the really bad pitch. No foul, no nothing. He just landed awkwardly because I think we played Wales. I think we had the, uh, I could be mistaken, but we had the riots in Dublin that weekend. Uh, I was there for that as well, and I didn't cause it. But I was working in Marble Street. It was the Love Ulster Parade that came down. And I think we played Wales in the rugby. And so the pitch is really cut up badly. And it's the time of year. But he goes down and he's injured for about. Well, he's basically injured after that in the 29th minute. And Ireland score. But Ibrahimovic has gone off. But they haven't been able to replace him. So they're down to 10 men and we get this goal. So I'm just going to play the audio of Ireland's first goal here. It's about a minute long. Up to take Ibrahimovic's place. There might be a goal down by the time they get him on, though. This is Duff. Doyle has pulled away to the far side. Keane's in the middle. Duff goes alone. He's got a touch. A his way through. But Damien Duff will claim it. His first goal in over two years. And the first goal of Steve Staunton's era as Ireland manager. Thoroughly fitting because he's performed tonight like the Damien Duff of old. Absolutely worked. Has wonderful vision from Reid. Austin having a nightmare all day to Damien Duff. He's trying to hurry him, trying not to let him on his left foot. So he comes in on his right. He lets fly. Takes a little touch off Milberg. But he's deserved that. He's been absolutely fantastic. Swatch him as he cuts inside. Okay, I'm not doing it my left, I'll do it my right. Takes a tiny deflection off Melberg. But that is so enjoyable watching that. And doesn't he enjoy it too? Marvellous for him. Great moment. A tiny deflection. I mean, it's going wide and then it hits Melberg's and goes. I mean, I wouldn't mind, Martin. Now, you can't. I'm sure you've seen the goal, you guys listening home, but that's a fart of a shot, isn't it? He cuts in and he, and he scuffs it and it goes off Melberg and it's like, oh my God. He's very hit in the top corner. Yeah, I think even if, if it hadn't hit Melberg, I think Robbie Keane would have been probably classed as offside, actually, because he had kind of encroached into yeah. that area. So it wouldn't have been given then. But look, fair play. Like, you know, it's 35 minutes in and Niall Quinn saying, like, oh, he's tearing him apart, basically. It's the best um, performance I've ever seen. Damien Duff of old. I mean, Damien Duff was not shite for two years. Um, you know, 
I think yeah. this is again another kind of kind of half excuse to kind of bash Brian Kerr. And I think as an Ireland fan, looking back over my years of following Ireland, I think we've had bigger lows than under Brian Kerr. And I think yeah. this was just getting over oh, the top. This gets better. Gets better. Have a listen to this. So this is after. It's a few minutes after the first goal. Wants him to go on his right. So he says, "Okay, I will." Then bang in the net. But just watch where he goes. Who does he go to? Who are these players happy with? The manager. They're pleased for him. Wonderful. Who are these players happy with? The manager. I mean, come on. That's not even a sly dig. That's a fucking roundhouse kick to the balls, isn't it? Yeah. This is. That's exactly what it is. And it's again, you know. It's like, you know, you think Narquin's probably wearing an I Love Stan t-shirt uh, in the in the crowd there in commentary because it's just so madly over the top. Um, and, and I think, you know, that that's what we know now. We know that he was kind of behind the appointment in a sense mm-hmm. and, and pushing for it. And, you know, like I said, I, I just don't really understand the kind of curb bashing because that, that's kind of what I see it as. And, oh, you know, I think more. the players and I mean, we'll come on to speak about how, how they were afterwards. Um, because they were actually asked, is it is it like a new era and stuff? Is this just oh, there's more crazy? There's more. Let, let, let's play some. It's marvelous. I'm really enjoying this. This is fantastic. That's marvelous. Let the two work hard again. The two young lads, Elliot and Doyle. It's brilliant. Staunton has them really going well. Here's Staunton in. in... Verbal terms. Absolutely, yeah. And there's a nice little interesting story starting to come out of the Irish camp. He's that enthusiastic and working so hard with Kevin McDonald and Steve Staunton. He actually pulled a calf muscle in training at 73. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. He'd be so pleased at what he sees up to now. And I have to say, everybody, well, everybody from an Irish point of view, cannot be anything but pleased. Oh, this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it may as well have been John Delaney in the commentary box saying, you've all got a get your season tickets now and you can't not want to come and see Ireland playing because it's incredible football. And that's amazing. This is what you have to get behind <laughs> because that's what it is. It's just promoting the new regime. And, and it's, it's just so mad. Like it's, you know, I, I it's kind I, of embarrassing, isn't it? You're looking it's back. It's shocking. Like I watched this. Now we, we did, um, I think Nick and I did it. I don't know if you were involved in green machine at the time, Martin, they were the real halcyon days. Um, but uh, I think Nick and I did an episode on this a couple of years ago. No, I think we did it. I think no, when we, we were looking, it. we did it. Yeah. We did, didn't we? And I, I remember going back in this going, I watched it and I thought, this is outrageous. I'd never sat down and watched the commentary before because I was at the game. And I just thought, wow, really, really bad. I'm just happy now that I can share this with people because I'm sure a lot of people don't remember this. This is outrageous. I'm going to play another one. So this is. Uh, 2 0. All right. Oh, there's more. There's <laughs> so much more. There's Vantage Point making observations, and it's Robbie Keane who's through. The new era really is off and running now. Proud captain, record goal scorer, and he's going straight to the new manager to celebrate with Steve Staunton. Right. They're 2 0 up, and it smiles all around Lansdowne Road. It says it all. And Mick Byrne, of course, the player's favourite. People didn't quite understand over the years what this fella did for the team, but even this young team know what he's done. And Steve Stone. Right. It's a lovely finish. It's a great finish by Robbie Keane, by the way. But it's a, it's a stray header. It's gone up. It's a long ball over the top. And he's just finished it. it there's no... Do you know it's what I mean? It's there's no shocking play. Defending. It's <laughs> absolutely shocking defending. It's a, a header from Andy O'Brien 
that just cuts yes. through the two centre-backs and Robbie King's turned around onto it. And I'd finish that. Now I was a good player. But I would still finish that. <laughs> and it's yeah. not the most exceptional finish in the world. It's one of Robbie King's easiest ever finishes, to be fair. Yeah, it's bread and butter to someone like yeah. him. Yeah. It, and yeah. But again, you know, it's, it's even funny with Sky or Sky's commentator, Rob Hawthorne's getting carried away with all this. Oh, he's on the Kool-Aid. Thing. Yeah, it's probably, you know, radiant off Nile Quinn next to him. He can't help but absorb the pro Stan, pro Mick Byrne. Kind Toxicating. Of... <laughs> yeah. Probably um, didn't even know who Mick yeah. Byrne was. And... Exactly. And that's it. He's at, he, he actually high-fives Stan and he nearly misses it. And, um, and then he just, yeah, hugs Mick Byrne. I mean, even that, though, it's just... I don't know. You know, it's we, obviously we know how it all turns out with Stan, but you know the whole thing of I know you've mentioned it in the in the kind of preview of it that you know we brought back the security man Mick Byrne and what he brings to it and stuff. It was just so Magic old school, you. and it just wasn't the way no. that like you know I know we we spoke about like but in the past you know that he goes on about the passion, the passion's back, everything's back. And it's just it was like a just a yearning for the, like the nostalgia of Ireland on the previous success. You look homesick, Martin. You look yeah. down. I think you need a bit more inspiration. He may have made his way back to Staunton, he may have made his way back to McBurn, but I tell you it's such a sight to see Robbie Keane in full flow again. Very subdued in his last couple of performances, came under severe criticism for absolute minor stuff. The press had a field day leading up to the last few matches and he's really back on song now. Well, really positive. He's got to be beaming inside, not smiling a lot outside. As well as launching his own managerial career here tonight, he's launched the senior international careers of four players now. Are you beaming, Martin? Are you beaming yeah. inside? I'm beaming inside. I need, I need, I need more. Change of atmosphere in the Irish camp this week, and a lot of that is attributed to the return of Mick Byrne, isn't it, uh, Niall? Absolutely, yeah. I think he has a, a title now. He, he was physio before. I think he's something like technical development officer, or I'm not sure what they're calling him, but I tell you what, no matter what they call him, if you were to pick one person over the last 20 years that the players would say was the most important to them, it would be Mick Byrne, and I think that showed itself when Robbie Keane got the second goal. <laughs> he wasn't the only one to go to him. He was buried under a scrum. Back in his rightful place, I think uh, he's given too much to the association, to this team, to have been left out. And he's back in and the players are delighted. Yet again, another dig. Not so sly, Brian Kerr. So, on the Brian Kerr, okay, we we will obviously talk about all of that at a much more detailed, uh, in a much more detailed capacity, uh, that zone episode. But for those listening, why are you having to go with Brian Kerr? Well, Brian Kerr apparently had, so Mick had inherited, hadn't he, a lot of the stuff from Jack, the Rebel songs, Mick Bourne, who picked the first ever Ireland team under Jack because he'd been associated with Owen Hand and all this. And Mick brought in that and the Rebel songs and, of course, he had the yellow jersey, which had actually, by the way, come back. I had a Macedonia that came back with Stan. But apparently when Kerr came in, he got rid of the Rebel songs, was playing jazz music on the bus brought in a dossier i know right i can see your face <laughs> you can't see the face it's you know i wondered why it didn't work on the care but he apparently was playing jazz music because you know care is a sophisticated fella complex fella as well and i think the players are just bored shitless on the care and you know now the lads are coming back it's another dig isn't it at, at brian care like it's it's a, it's actually bullying at this stage isn't it in a way though the way the way that kind of analyzing this is is it's like 
the headmaster got sacked and they put the 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 head boy in charge of it. That's all it is. And he brings his mate in who was a head boy in the past and had a great was, you know, the best, you know, brilliant player as he was, Dan. But like now he's in charge and Robbie laps that up because he'd probably be let away with indulgences perhaps and yeah. you know just kind of how he wants to behave and he'll be running the show as a player and they're all great professionals and stuff and so yeah cool to, on you know the, yeah the old the old school thing of oh we'll meet up on a sunday and we'll all go on the lash and we'll only really go to train on tuesday and then we'll play wednesday it's a little bit very old school and i think that's the only thing they're trying to knock her about is that he tried to make it a bit more professional and they did that didn't go down with everybody very well you know we had great expectations for Kerr because he'd worked with all those young players with the success of the under 18s. Yeah. And I think that's something that obviously was a very disappointing 10 year old ultimately failing to qualify. But you have to remember Kerr fell out with kind of senior officials at the FAI as well. And it was really oh, this he was did. a big one for John Delaney now bringing in. He was a big risky move bringing in uh, Stan you, as the manager. Do you know what I didn't mention actually? Um, I was going through my notes. Uh, John Delaney, when he was talking about the appointment of Stan, and he said that under the last manager, you know, you didn't have that fear coming to Lanson Road. That shouldn't be the way it is. Under Mick and Jack, teams were so fearful of coming to Lanson Road, and we didn't have that. And in fact, and I'm quoting uh, uh, John Delaney here, by the way, he, sa- he said it in a Daily Mail Ireland interview. And he goes, in fact, you know, the the... the the biggest concern of mine was when Damien Duff said to me, we're set up like a pub team under Kerr. And uh, Brian Kerr threatened to sue because that was after they signed the confidentiality agreement. Uh, Brian Kerr said, well, you've broken that. You know, I'm not trashing you. Now you're trashing me. So it was very bitter. And what is it as well? And I got some, we're going to move on to the third goal in a second. But what is it like this division in Irish football Goes back to Jack's time. Not saying it's Jack's fault. Obviously, we covered in the last episode when Liam Tui walks out. And Brian Kerr and Noel O'Reilly. Noel O'Reilly was Brian Kerr's uh, assistant manager with Ireland, as well as Chris Uton. You know, they walk out, they leave Jack. Is it, you know, is it something to do with that? Does it go back to, to that time? But there seems to be between the, the lads that go across the water and carve out a really good career for themselves, i.e. Quinn. Staunton and the lads have stayed home that are Irish based to build a game domestically. There seems to be just this big division, doesn't there? And you can't just work together, and they're all very talented in their own right, but they just just seem to have to needle each other. And and you know, it's the same with Kenny, he had a go at um the previous regimes. Yeah, they're all kind of pushing to keep themselves kind of relevant and at the top. And and I think, yeah, that's just the divisiveness of Irish football. It's a, yeah. a very strange, strange kind of conundrum to analyse. Um, exciting for us to do so and interesting, of course. But Keeps yeah, it's business, just, it's a, yeah, it's a really funny one, though. Like you said, it, I think it's a valid point because that's always there in the background then undermining whatever success anyone has is nothing's ever good enough. Um, and that seems to be why, you know, Niall Quinn here is just a massive flag bearer because he's, behind this appointment 100%. He loves the fact that a player who probably kind of, in a way, was probably, you know, a prodigy under him, um, prodigy, you know, Robbie Keane, and now he's going to be approaching his peak years and he's going to be given a chance, understand, and he didn't do very well under Brian. Uh, you know, he, did you see, did you say flag bearing? Flag do bearing. you want flag bearing? Yes, please. I will give you flag bearing. This is 3-0. This is Lee Miller scoring an absolute Thunderbass. His only goal, uh, the late great Lee Miller for the Republic of Ireland. And what a goal. 
Damien Duff. Here's Miller. Good break this for Ireland. He's gone for the header. Oh, what a goal! A really special goal. His first ever for his country. And on a night like this, that's a special moment for Liam Miller. Oh, it's as good as it gets. Absolutely fantastic play. Well within his range, well within his capabilities. He just wanted the stage to show the world what he can do, and boy, did he. One thing on his mind as he made the break. Stephen Ireland did well. Damien lays it off to him, gets it in his own half, rides the tackle, makes ground. They think he's not going to shoot him there, is he? And when he does... I... He just needed a stage to show what he can do. Martin, am I, am I detecting a little uh, elbow again at a uh, certain Mr. Kerr there? Yeah, I think perhaps as well. I mean, it's an absolutely cracking goal, and I was right behind this. I, I absolutely love this goal, and, and uh, yeah, obviously tragic what happened to him and what yeah. an incredible player he kind of was uh, for for much of his career. Um, didn't he's know, terrific it, for Celtic. He used to score loads of goals for Celtic. He did, yeah, and then he got the free transfer move. Didn't he to Man United? You know, didn't really work just, out there, of course, no. but uh, maybe just lacking confidence at that level at that time. Very competitive, obviously, with Keane there as well. But I had yeah. to get Keane in there, Dave, you like that. Uh, of um, course, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's over the top, isn't it? Again, just, you know, like, it, it's like everything that Ireland are hitting is coming off as well, because I think even in the aftermath, when they look back at it, they're saying, you know, Robbie Keane would have been kind of disappointed. He made a good run and he didn't get the ball and then it ends up in the back of the net and he yeah. can't obviously be cross at all but it's a funny one and even just looking at the, the footage there of the celebrations you realize that clinton morrison came back on uh had, had was on the pitch at that stage as well he'd obviously made his uh, an appearance as a sub and he was someone i always associate with the brian kerr years basically because kerr loved him and he actually performed a lot he'd done very very well in the irish shirt for under brian kerr he did and, and even the fact that you know he's probably not playing as Stephen elliott is again you could kind of think oh is that because you know, Clint Morrison probably was the biggest benefactor under the Kerr years. I think he, he played all the time under him and was his number a lot one. of needle, a lot of needle. We've got some more um, audio. We've got a few more clips coming up anyway, but we're coming to the end. But uh, of the <laughs> clips, not, not the episode we've more to talk about. <laughs> Your Brian clears the throw in, Robert. I tell you, the crowd are singing ole ole. Boys in green a few minutes ago. Just get the feeling that this man here is going to bring all that passion he spoke about in the last few weeks, all that excitement. There's not many who've seen him in action tonight. The question whether he has the experience for the job. It's been marvellous. Wonderful response from the players. He must think to himself when he was getting the job for us, oh, it's hard. He'll be pretty fed up. They haven't qualified. The spirit will be poor. The players will need lifting. <laughs> I mean, either that or he's a complete miracle worker himself, Steve Staunton, but he must be chuffed. Look at the two of them, so pleased, so happy, everything going really well for them. All smiles, so different to the last few Ireland matches when the players were playing. So the weight of the world was on their shoulders. A new dawn, a new era. It's all different. The weight of the world on their shoulders but it's all different now martin little did he know that in about a year's time <laughs> yeah i mean that that's just even that comment there is just totally kind of ridiculous because you know we got to almost qualifying it went down to the last game for brian kerr on the on the two campaigns basically the one he inherited of mick almost and then yeah. the last one he did you know with switzerland was a very well, let, let, let's, affair. but let's not you know 
let Brian Kerr off the hook either. I, I do yeah. think it's unfair that they're putting the boot into him there, considering we, what well, we, we know what's going to happen. But let's not let Kerr off the hook. Kerr was a Kerr had a terrible record. You know, people go on about he had the highest win percentage, but he never beat a team competitive, yeah. competitively in the top 80. And he had Roy Keane back, not at his best. You know, he he, he was too negative, Keane, Kerr was. So Keane was, Kerr wasn't this great manager at senior level, but I do think it's unfair because the players didn't play for him. The players didn't like playing for him. And the show, then he had fallouts with Robbie Keane. He had fallouts with Damien Duff. There were, were rumours. I used to work in a pub in the Malahide Road, apparently in the week before I was one of the games. I can't remember, but the lads were on the lash. Brian Kerr wasn't great. Anyway, I, I need more inspiration. <laughs> Dream life for the new captain. Absolutely. I think it's refreshing all around. So many good news stories, good happy stories for the Irish camp coming out of this tonight. I mean, we said, I mean, maybe we dared. Was it too much to hope that we would see promise, that we would see hope? But we've seen more than that. I think there's belief in the air now. It hasn't taken them long to impress us and doesn't he look a different player this is not a result that will exactly set them up for the World Cup in good heart I was going to say Rob who do you think is going to the World Cup tonight there's a big party atmosphere among the Irish players who aren't going do you feel that <laughs> do you feel that <laughs> that's if, belief and hope in the air, Martin. Can you feel? Can put your hand against the screen. Put your hand against the screen, Martin. <laughs> We're going to the World I, Cup. <clears throat> I think you have to bring the context of the game. You know that they are preparing for a World Cup. You know, yeah. Ibrahimovic has gone off. Larson gets subbed as well in it. You know, they are playing a little bit half pace. It's probably meant more to Ireland um, than it did to Sweden. And even the fact that you know, you look at. The, the kind of team set up as well. This was the first time Andy O'Brien and Dunn were centre-halves together. So it did work well and it was positive, but we know how that ends up, uh, you know, at times. You know, we've we've had some really poor performances, understand, then and, and get conceded loads and loads of goals and some shocking ones to come. You know, even putting Stephen Reid, who loves Stephen Reid, but him and O'Shea in centre-mid together, again, quite risky in a sense. Very good players, but, it, you know, against a top-level opposition you know, John O'Shea didn't play very often at this stage in centre midfield for Ireland, so that was a bit experimental. Joey O'Brien as well, well good player, played, experimental. He played there. Um, here's the thing, right? They're having a go at Kerr. Now, I know mm. I'm not Kerr's biggest fan, but John O'Shea played in Kerr's last game, the nil-nil draw against Switzerland at home in midfield because Roy Keane was uh, suspended. And he was terrible. He was horrible. So why is he playing him there? You got Lee Miller. You could You could easily put... Uh, Stephen Reid is your defensive midfielder, and you can put Lee Miller in as your, you know, your attacking because he's more of, a, an, uh, of an attacking of an attacking threat. That's your balance right there. But John O'Shea um, was never a centre. He's a ball playing defender, left back. Obviously, he's played every single position for United, but no, he's not a midfielder. You, you, midfield is not. You cannot put somebody in midfield. Very rarely you put somebody in midfield who's not a midfielder, and it works. Cyrus Christie. It did work with Kilban, but he did have uh, Roy Keane beside him under care, didn't he? So you've got one of the best teachers in the world. There you go, Martin. I said something nice about Roy. Yes. And, but John O'Shea, nah. 
It's never a centre like, midfielder for me. I mean, looking back at the game, we do create lots of chances. We are we have got them on the back foot because we are a little bit kick and rush, and it's going over there, yeah. over their fullback's head. And we're playing on a plough on a plough field as well. Yeah, and 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 it and it is like I said, like blood and thunder. Basically, we're we're very very competitive, winning all our 50-50 challenges, going through players. And their best player, Andy O'Brien's keeping off. it very very simple. Yeah, and and, and the best player went off, and they were actually yeah. warming up because he had about three chances, and he was getting—you could see—he was getting warmed up. Like yeah. there was one, he was—he was cutting through our defense like a hot knife through. But he made a shite of Andy O'Brien, he made a shite of Joey O'Brien, who Niall Quinn is making out—he's like Cafu. We got the last bit of audio. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm feeling a bit low, Martin. I need a bit more. <laughs> Just football terms alone, there's been a cloud of depression since October. Failure to qualify. That has been dispersed tonight as Steve Staunton wanted it to be. He said he wanted a performance from his team to entertain the public. And they've been richly entertained. Oh, absolutely. As Damien Duff announces the sponsor's man of the match, I tell you, you could have given it to, to Nick. These are all the things. I mean, Steve Staunton must really rub his hands when he sees. There's definitely a new zest there. Play devil's advocate here. I think the way Nile Quinn's so over the top with this kind of reaction to this performance, you could actually ask questions of Damien Duff and Robbie Keane and be quite critical of them because why were they so low? Why weren't they performing for Ireland? And I think that's maybe indicative of how they did perceive it under under Brian Kerr. You know, they were taking the piss. They wanted to be in control. They wanted to be coming over and having the night on the lash, perhaps, and and maybe Richard Dunn as well. And maybe being a bit unfair there on him, dragging him into it. But that was like the old minds, old school mindset of the players. Then they wanted it still back of the Mick and the Jack days. And you know you have to remember Robbie Keane crossed over from that kind of period with Mick um, from Jack's kind of tenure. And you know those days and that having Mick Byrne back involved and having all the old school kind of names and faces around it is like the the jolly boys outing. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, and that's not professional enough anymore. No, I mean the game finished three nil, as we know. It was actually a sellout. Uh, it was forty four thousand and one hundred nine people. What that was a sellout back in the day in the old Nelson Road. So the game finishes, and afterwards, you know, we were getting applauded there from the players. And we were speaking of professionalism. One thing I noticed, Martin, I mentioned in the notes to you was that how the players called Steve Staunton Stan. Not the manager, not not the gaffer, or, or boss, or the coach, Stan. Um, Robbie Keane mentions how Stan asked him to play in a deeper role uh, behind uh, Kevin Doyle. Uh, Richard Dunn mentioned how it was great a great start under Stan, and that the standard is set now. That's that's the problem there, isn't it? They're they're calling him Stan because y'all play with him like. They're his mates. You can't have yeah. that. Can't, you can't be the player's mates. You have to be the boss. That's it. It's the familiarities there, and that, and that's it. And and you know, even after the game, you know, Stan is it. Stan is kind of like a like a happy school kid. Basically, he said it's better than what I was expected. He admitted describing the occasion as a fairy tale, and then declaring, "I can't believe it." I mean, and and they keep going on about the players had set the standard now, and you know, they, they got away with one really. The squad here because no one's yeah. questioning what the hell happened under Kerr and. You know, the FAI are labelled and John Delaney has fallen out with Kerr and getting rid of him. But I think the players definitely are culpable for some of that. Well, Duff, Duff came out and said afterwards, oh, we all love Brian, but it didn't work out. But it's a new era and we're looking forward now. Yeah. 
It's like player th- power, isn't it? I think the players get away with murder on that, if yeah. I'm being honest. And you're right, and I've said it. I'm not Kerr's biggest fan, but they did not perform for him at all. Yeah. And I don't think we ever played well under Kerr. I think there was one game that was uh, Israel at home. Even the nil-nil against France away wasn't wasn't good at all. It was very scrappy, very kick and rush. So you're right, they, they get away with absolute murder. Um, Mark Lawrenson did say it was a perfect start for uh, Steve Staunton, but he was not convinced and how right uh, he would be. Um, you had a clip from Johnny Giles, didn't you? What, what did Johnny Giles say about it? Well, Johnny Giles, he he, he had called, in the aftermath of the game, he, before the game, sorry, he had called for moral courage under the, the new management of Steve Staunton, and that is exactly what his country got. Now, again, I don't know. What were they afraid of? And, and is that kind of criticising the players and Kerr for not qualifying when it was in our own hands yeah. in the previous campaign? Because um, I don't, I don't really kind of recall the players melting too much, unless it's just that the players weren't playing for Kerr, and that is kind of well documented behind the scenes and stuff. But I, I, again, I, I go back to this fact that it's it's bringing in their mate. They're all familiar with him. Bringing back Mick Byrne, who you know, even in the clip there, we learned he's got a new role. He's not now the physio. He's not the kit man. It's just, it's just amateur hours, isn't it? Really, it's just jobs for mates, jobs yeah. for the boys. Look, I I understand morale. I understand that whole stuff. It's a bit like David Beckham, isn't it? I always think of David Beckham in the World Cup uh, with the blazer on him. Um, uh, but like, to be fair with Mick Bourne, he, he is a legend. But it's just... The problem is, Stan tried to introduce where Brian Kerr was trying to bring the game forward and the lads under Mick, where they enjoyed this kind of more jovial lads uh, loyalty, us against them, siege mentality under Mick. You know, Brian Kerr was trying to bring in the dossier approach. He was trying to bring the more professional approach, which Roy Keane loved. Stan thought he could. It was about the the magic sponge. It was about the. And I'm not. I'm not having a go at Mick Bourne, by the way. Um, but he's just from a different era, and that was the problem. He was trying to put in tactics and a culture that was from a different era. You had players that went out like. John Aldrich and under Jack, you know, Aldrich, Houghton, Whelan, they were all drinkers. They were great players. They could do it because they were world-class players. You know, Stan didn't have world-class players. He maybe had one or two, arguably, for a while. Duff, for example, three years at Chelsea, but he didn't have the quality to do it all the time. You had to. That was a good. And the annoying thing is, Martin, I know I'm going off on one. That was a good squad. That was a decent squad. That was something. If you had your if you had your shit in order, you could have done something with that squad. Some very good young players there, I thought. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is where you know we're talking about like Kevin Doyle coming into it. Stephen Ireland comes on in this game as well, and he goes yes, on and does that really, really well under Stan in the whole kind of campaign. Um, and <laughs> then something's going wrong in the background, of course, as we know. So, yeah. it, I just think I, I can't get over this this feeling. Actually, it's really disappointing thinking about it now that how it evolved and even thinking back to Brian Kerr's time with perhaps this is like a little bit of the players biting back against Kerr even bringing Roy back you know it might not have been 100% all popular yeah. that that came back in and this is now where we've got rid of the manager Roy's gone as well this is definitely a new era and this is the way we can go forward and it's the, I, I can't help having this feeling of it's just player power and the big names Shea Given, uh, Damien Duff, Robbie Keane, Richard Dunn are all in there now, and they're kind of calling the shots and and a really, really talented side there. But it was a wasted opportunity, really, because Stan just couldn't deliver as a manager. And 
you got to remember as well, I know we've mentioned it briefly, but Bobby Robson was not in fantastic health at this time as well. No. And he... and that was a massive thing. And we were all going to be going off to Croke Park uh, in qualifiers and stuff like that. It was going to be really difficult to qualify. And we had Germany as well. Um, and obviously Cyprus and San Marino. But, you know, it was a really difficult kind of challenging group to go, go to war with. Yeah. Um, and Stan, you know, this was just a big, the massive high. And I think actually Niall Quinn, looking back, it'd be interesting to ever get his thoughts on it. Did we set the, you know, saying the players have set the standards now, but did the, did we get too carried away? I probably certainly did because I remember then when we played Chile in our next game in the uh, Lansdowne yeah. Road, I remember looking at the betting and thinking, oh, Ireland is certainties to beat Chile. And obviously, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, we didn't, but I did nope. get carried away. We had Chile next and that was in May. And then after that was a friendly against Holland at home. Uh, and that's when we really start to see where this team is heading to. Anyway, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, we won't be back next week. We're going to take a break because, well, Martin, nothing happened. Of course, you can subscribe to us on our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. It's all in our bio. Uh, anywhere you get po- your podcast, Spotify, Google, give us a follow. Give us a five-star review. Go on, give us a five-star review. If you think we deserve it, which I think we did, actually. And before we go, thanks for sharing it with us. And let's hope it's the start of something beautiful all over again, shall we?